0: I'm just saying it's you know what I hear a little Here's bit more thing. of what's coming from you and it's it's I don't think <laughs> Zack Snyder was pooping on Kansas. I think he was just As pooping a... on you. Screw you,
1: buddy. <laughs> <laughs> These days, the comic book owns pop culture. Literature, movies, television, even
0: music. You'll find it all in the panel of your favorite comic book. Us, we're living the comic's life. We're breaking the panel. Welcome to this week's Breaking the Panel, where we're going to go in depth into the headlines and give you our opinions on everything that is awesome, geeky, comic booky, and just the things that make you tingle. So we're going to talk about that. No more rocket league clots. Put the controller down. We're ready to go. I am Epic Boxman Fault. <laughs> missing from last week, but you were chasing some tanks. Is Chris Wisdom? Hey. <laughs> that sounds like you get run over by the day yeah. <laughs> all right and then klotz uh klotz who is getting his show put together so he can incite more rage nerds on the internet nerd rage i said it wrong anyway paul klotz yo <laughs> why you got to make it like that uh, i just do i do let's get in to some you know Kind of awesome memories, but not awesome happenings. Prince, of course, passed away here recently and he has been a huge influence on all communities across the board, including our comic book superhero community. Now, you know, he did the soundtrack for Batman with Michael Keaton and then took care of that. And this is something I totally had forgotten about to our producer, Mike Woodard sent a link to our group. You remember that time when Prince became an actual superhero? And as soon as I saw the artwork, I went, oh yes, yes I do. But Prince has always had superpowers. You only had to witness him picking up a guitar or sitting down at a keyboard to know it. His voice could encompass Curtis Mayfield, Stevie Wonder, and Mick Jagger while remaining recognizable as its own thing. But around the time he created his own musical fantasia out of Tim Burton's Batman, Prince actually got to become a comic book hero. So this was written up by Milestone Comics creator Dwayne McDuffie with art by frequent Milestone contributor Dennis Cowan and covered by comic legend Brian Bollard did this. But this was somewhat of a goofy tongue in cheek comic book as it was meant to be. And it really just. Ended up being cooler than I think it was supposed to be, especially now. But yeah, you have Prince doing Prince Fu, you're kind of doing some karate. People riding this pimped out purple motorcycle. Uh, yeah, all kind of cool stuff. Do you guys remember this comic book? Do you even know about this at all? I guess Klaus is back to playing.
1: Rocketly, <laughs> no, i'm here you have to say something interesting for me to chime in
0: <laughs> well i'll let you we'll get to that in a second they even had a a uh, separated at birth twin of of prince because he's always been that gemini and talked about his dual sides so the good guy prince in the comic books was a hero then there was basically bad guy prince who was the villain and their power was through music and the villains music control people and prince played better than he did and broke the control and it was all that stuff so yeah prince actually had a huge effect on a comics but i believe klotz and i don't know if wisdom if you'd piped in or not but i know you you want to talk about some memories and how it affected you and so there you go go ahead
1: all right well i guess i'm gonna jump in here at this point and fill this empty empty you know lack of sound from chris as chris is like just silent dead silent uh so one of the things like i i grew up a little bit after the the prince generation you know what i mean like i didn't grow up with him in my earlobes earlobes is that the right earholes? Ear holes uh like like people who are a little bit older than me did you know what i mean uh yeah. being in my early 30s but i did always know who he was like c- growing up in the 90s like when he did the whole artist formerly known as i was like what you can yeah. like be formally known as something um you know He he's always been an icon you know he's 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 a rock god you know what i mean like kick-ass rock god um obviously known for being like a crazy sexy man and uh but like my biggest memory of prince was like when kevin smith started putting out the dvds of his uh live Evening appearances with? yeah the evenings with and he spent like 45 minutes in one of them talking about doing some work for prince and how like he was so excited to meet prince and prince was as you know was like a god to him you know what i mean and he got to meet him and he was quirky and weird and very much like you would imagine someone as powerful and as rich as prince was being um so that really like that always resonated with me i was always like that was such a great story and it's such an like an insane snapshot into the life of somebody who is literally that rich and famous. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like my favorite quote from that is like, I believe it's, uh, the, one of his assistants tells Kevin that if he wants a camel at three o'clock in the morning, Prince gets a camel,
2: yep. you know, like <laughs> it,
1: cause Prince lives in Prince world. Um, but I was really impressed, uh, over the weekend SNL did a special for Prince where they showed, I believe it was four or five of his performances on the show, including yeah. um mm-hmm. including some cell phone footage from their uh their big anniversary show. I believe it was their 40th anniversary. Yeah. It, yeah. it yeah. was. Mm-hmm. Uh their 40th anniversary, the you know, huge party, all these super famous people there. And they asked him to get up on stage. And uh Jimmy told like he was emceeing it by that point, and he told the whole story about like how like I believe it was Dave Chappelle or somebody like that who was like, Hey man, if Prince is here, like if you ask him, he'll probably come up. And so he comes up and he he just kicks ass, man. Um, but one of the things that like I think that not a lot of people of my generation really give enough respect to how m- much of a talented musician he was because of like all the glam and the antics and everything. But my favorite memory of Prince for myself is uh, the George Harrison tribute concert a few years ago okay. where uh, they did this big medley. You know, they played a whole bunch of songs and they were doing uh, guitar gently weeps. And he comes out about two or three minutes into it and proceeds to just destroy that guitar that he's playing on, like just shredding for four or five minutes, I think it is. And it's just like, I mean, you're talking there's famous people up on stage with him, like Tom Petty, like people who are no slouches in the musical realm. And he's just like soloing the whole time and just like insane. Um, And it really like for me it resonated with just how powerful of a musician he was. He was so multi talented and everything. Um and following on the heels of that, uh, the day he passed away, they you know, they interviewed a bunch of celebrities and stuff. And somebody asked Dave Grohl, they're like, you know, what do you think he's a better musician than you? And Dave Grohl's response was, dude, he's a better drummer than I am. <laughs> he's a better <laughs> which at everything. Is, which is amazing, you know, considering Dave Grohl is, you know, a well known drummer. A yeah. well known Uh, so yeah, you know, Prince, Prince was a rock God, man. And it's a big, it's a huge bummer that this year, 2016, I think is going to go down in history as being the year where we just lost a lot of truly unique and amazing artists. Um, it's just, it's rough. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, we lost Bowie, we lost Alan Rickman. Um, we've lost a few other folks, you know what I mean? And the Prince, obviously Mm -hmm. it's just been crazy. Like these, these are people who have inspired generations you know what i mean and we're just they're dropping like flies and i don't know what to say but that that's my thoughts on the matter
0: uh myself yeah you know i was <laughs> i i didn't grow up a huge fan i've always appreciated the music and loved uh, some of what he's done I, I grew up in a southern baptist preacher's home so you know prince was not that uh it's <laughs> <laughs> so funny considering yeah. that prince got
1: so super religious later in life mm. you know what i mean Where like like a lot of the albums he had recorded and released and some of the ones that he hadn't released were like basically gospel albums you know what i mean that's wild
0: yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah, i remember the formerly known as and i thought it was just weird uh mm-hmm. you know there was a lot of stuff i didn't understand but i'm watching the saturday night live special like you're talking about this uh on hulu this week and you even from his first performance i mean the dude just knew who he was he didn't mm-hmm. care and we actually talked about this on success freaks and the guest that was on success freaks said you prince at 15 according to the guest i didn't verify this but at 15 he was offered a record label and he turned it down because he could not retain control of his creative control of his music mm-hmm. and so uh, at 18 apparently he got a deal where he could and then at 22 there he is for the first time on Saturday Night Live. It's like holy crap, you know, yeah. and and you I'm watching the music beautiful. Let's see, was it Ble- uh, beautiful blast loved is is just an amazing song and to watch him perform that on Saturday Night Live and, and like man this this guy had the keys to the universe. I mean, screw the yeah. world, he had the keys to the universe. But then you go at the end of it, and you watch those sketches that they did right based mm-hmm. on him and based on rumors and based on other things, and like, oh yeah. He was a little messed up and, and broken too. You know, some of that oh, yeah. stuff, like the little whispers or whatever. There were, I remember then it just watching the skits reminded me of stories I had heard growing up. Of of there were times when he showed up to like a huge arena and the hallways had to be cleared for him to walk through and go straight to the stage and didn't want to talk to anybody. And uh, don't know what was true, what wasn't true, but you know, everything's based on a little bit of truth anyway, especially humor in those skits. So yeah. I, I got to thinking, I was like, you know, The great ones are always broken, always messed up. And it's not just in music. I mean, Steve Jobs was a genius in in changing the world of technology. And from all accounts, he was hugely difficult to be around personally and hard to deal with on a personal level and just was very abrasive and abusive sometimes. Uh, You you think of Kurt Cobain and how he just could not handle being in public, and yet he, he changed the face of music as well. I mean, you can think of any genius that has really done something special, and they usually burn out or get taken or something happens in that way. So his music, I mean, that's who he was. And yeah, watching that that after party where he just kind of walks up and grabs a guitar and starts doing his thing. And I mean, he's just going crazy, going nuts, right? And then the girl is, is playing the bass over there, and then she starts doing the guitar, too. And then he hands the guitar to the crowd. So he's like, oh, what? Nope, that's yeah. Prince. There you go. And Jude's <laughs> like, no, no, no. Give that guitar back. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah Jude's like, you got to give that back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it, it's, it's definitely a loss. I mean, David Bowie was right there with it. I, I'm... I am not saying it's bad. So please don't, don't burn me at the stake for heresy. I am not really a fan of David Bowie's music. I can appreciate his talent. (laughs) Shut up. I can appreciate, I I appreciate his talent. He's amazing. It just was one of those things. Again, the way I was raised, it was just so out there for me. Love the stuff in Labyrinth. I mean, I love his voice. I love his musical
2: stylings
0: is just where he went with it. Much like Prince, they were so far ahead of, of everything that I ever knew that couldn't even understand their world. So maybe I should put it better that way. David Bowie's music is something I don't understand because I'm just not there yet. Uh, But, you know, he was another, you know, amazing person who changed everything, you know. So, uh, and that's why we're talking about breaking the panel is, is definitely, it affects the comic book world. It affects a lot of creators in the comic book world. It affects a lot of people around it. And, you know, as a geek, and a nerd you should you should know some many things uh chris you have anything before we
2: move forward I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat with prince that you are with david bowie it's not that i don't appreciate his genius and his talent because you know some of the other things that you got to understand about prince was he was a self-taught musician i and did not when know he, that Holy when he shoot. would lay down these tracks and when he would write these songs he would play them out himself because he didn't know how to write music or read music that was all like memory and he would play each instrument as he wow. was doing this and it, it, he would mold it as he go as he went um so I mean obviously he was a genius his 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 influence knows no bounds on the music industry just wasn't my cup of tea I'm a I'm an old school Beatles guy so yeah, <laughs> I, just, yeah. I, I, dig the Beatles. I don't it's not that I didn't like Prince um I just I, my main exposure to him is you know gonna be top 40 and pop stuff and whatever mm-hmm. whatever broke at the radios and none of that just really got it for me I'll tell you for me for my money the biggest thing that Prince did for me was introduced the time to the world. Ah, there
0: you go. So Day in the MF for time. Yep. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Cue the music. Cue the music. <laughs> yeah, that was a great moment in that movie. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. Well, you know, we talked about David Bowie in relation to that as well. And he, he was made Labyrinth. Labyrinth was so great. Well, it turns out this past month Loot Crate Box quest for April had a Labyrinth T-shirt in it. And if you didn't oh. get your box, you missed it, man. Uh, Imit talked about it on From the Carrier. And then last night when I was on at trivia, I saw it. I saw it in the wild, man. This guy's wearing a shirt. And I was like, hey, nice shirt. And he turned around and was like, hey, that's the Loot Crate shirt, ain't And he goes, yes. Nobody ever recognizes that. And I was actually wearing my Optimus Prime t-shirt where it looks like Tron, which I got now Loot Crate myself. I was like, yeah,
2: I got my Loot Crate shirt on too. What and- a ripoff. What? They had a prime marketing opportunity to do a <laughs> Jareth Cod piece fanny pack. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay, just,
2: fair fair enough. Fair, <laughs> fair.
0: Well Luke Crate, there you go. There's some advice from us. You you missed your opportunity. But you know what? You missed your opportunity for the quest box, but there is a new box coming up in May and there's a new aliens crate that is special only to aliens that you can subscribe to. Of course, Firefly Crate this month is or this sessions is uh, Jane let's go to Janestown it's all Jane related in the firefly box so go to lootcrate.com forward slash giant size team up to sign up for your monthly subscription on any of those boxes you get some amazingly great stuff, except for the cod piece that that's not in there right now. <laughs> and if you use giant size team up one word as your code, you'll get three dollars off of your sale. So you know it's it's got a lot of great stuff, and you're gonna get your money's worth. So definitely check it out. And if you see somebody who's wearing loot crater or, or those kind of things, you recognize it, I always say hey to a fellow fellow loot crater. It's always fun.
1: So so uh, real quick before we move yeah, on, yeah, there yeah. is one really interesting thing to talk about with loot crate right now, that? and that is I got the email today about the fact that they're doing the very very special aliens anniversary loot crate. Okay. Yeah. No. It's For not, the 30th it's anniversary drooling. of aliens, um, it's it's like a one time deal. I believe it was yeah. It's fifty five dollars plus shipping, and. Um, I'm not sure if you can use the, you know, our, our promo code. Oh yeah, no, it should anything. work on every box. It should. Okay. Cool. Yep. Uh, so you know, you can try to use that if you're interested in it. But I'm not talking about it because you know we're we're not just you know super plugging Loot Crate here. But this is I'm a huge Alien fan. And this is, th- is going to have to be amazing. You All know right, what I mean? Right. Like, th- I can't imagine what they're going to put in it. I mean, obviously, there will probably be a T-shirt. Um, but it says five exclusive Aliens collectibles and gear, including a T-shirt. Yep. Okay. Uh, valued at over $90. Can be yours for just $55. So uh, if you're an Aliens fan, you got to get on that. You only have until like May 8th, I think, to order it. And then it's gone. So not only could you get the awesome monthly box, but you could also get this special one-time. Yeah super duper themed box uh, I like the idea of a like a singular themed box like this, you know what I mean because yes. I, I know that I'm gonna like whatever's in it, you know what I mean so yeah,
0: you know uh a year ago they came out with one of their first ones ever, and it was a Batman themed box, and it was about the same I think I want to say it was about fifty sixty bucks for a hundred dollars worth of gear and and I debated too long. I debated for about an hour on, man, do I want to drop that kind of money? That I looked at my loot crate stuff and went, yeah, I do. As soon as I clicked on it, it was sold out. And, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it sold out before I am saying, by the time I made my decision, it was sold out. I was like, I missed out. And I can tell you, man, I think there was a hoodie in there. There was, an honest to God, one one of those nice replicas you pay lots of money for in a collectible store, a mm-hmm. Batmobile replica in the box. I was like, son of a... Mm can't believe i missed that so yeah if you're a fan of aliens it's limited but you're it's not unlimited alien boxes you've got to get on it if you're going to get it as as well i can tell you if you're a fan don't miss out because i miss i did i missed the batman box and that's one of the things i regret in life you know
2: is it alien or aliens
0: uh uh it says aliens crate on the link aliens because it's
2: the 30th anniversary of aliens a sequel so the shirt's got to be game over man right Game over, man. Game
0: over. <laughs> uh, the website's actually kind of cool, the, the, the little alien because of the mouth, <laughs> if you just sit yeah. there long enough. So, all right, all right, enough of the, enough of the drooling and the pimping. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But here's something else, actually. I put this headline in because uh, I'm just a huge Willem Dafoe fan. Willem Dafoe joins Justice League in a mystery role. The Hollywood Reporter brings word that Willem Dafoe has joined the cast of Warner Brothers' upcoming Justice League movie. It's unclear what character he'll be playing in the movie, though the outlet notes that he won't be playing a villain, but a good guy, which doesn't necessarily mean another superhero. Do you think they're going to put him as, we'll read some more if we need to, but do you think they're going to put him as a, a normal human being or like a military type, or is he actually going to have powers? I don't know. I think he's probably going to be a person. <clears throat> that, that so. would be okay but man I, I really want him to be more i don't know what in it i'm not that familiar with dc but guy he's got he could do something that would be a, a, a canon character right
2: yeah I, I i don't think
1: he's a good fit for a military type um i mean maybe i'm sure he could
0: pull it off if he wanted to uh <laughs> yeah, well I, of course he could but yeah i understand what you're saying
2: for my money it's for my money, maybe we're going to see Detective Jim Corgan, and we'll see we'll see the beginnings of Spectre. Oh. Because I could see him doing a good Spectre. But but that's just based visually. And, I mean, acting-wise, too, I could see him pulling that character off. But you never know. It could be some CGI character with a great voice. But, would, it, um, yeah. would it be Colossus? Or he could just be Dream <laughs> Goblin, and
1: yeah, he's, he could, just gonna, he's just going to – or, uh, sorry, um, what's it called again? The uh, – What's a jet the jetpack thing he rides?
0: The glider,
1: the glider, the, the goblin glider. Goblin glider. Yeah. He's just gonna come in on the goblin glider and just throw pumpkin bombs everywhere and be like, "Ah, I can't possibly screw up this universe anymore than <laughs> they already have." <laughs>
0: You know, there's I mean, been a lot of hate still about Batman and Superman, and the oh, DC. dude, oh my the god, the
1: is deep and real, man. No kidding.
0: I, mean, tell- I thought Chris, I mean, we gave Chris so much grief on the BVS episode that we did, and after, and, but now I've listened to some other shows that you're talking about weeks after, right? It's been weeks that yeah. this show, this movie's been out, and people are just like, "Man, this this whole universe is horrible." This, da, da, da. they. I was like, "Wow, just." Breathe. It's really not. It's, it's, okay.
1: It's, I, I think go, a go good watch time that, Batman
0: with nipples. I'm just saying. It's, look, it's really let's not. dive back into well, this topic since we've had a few
1: weeks. Okay. And, and Chris, don't worry. I'm going to let you speak in a moment. Yeah. Um, no, we're not.
0: <laughs>
1: no, because I really I I want to like I want to mention the fact that the thing that's really gotten me about the feedback on this movie is that people's expectations I think are astronomically unreasonable yeah. at this point and people are saying that it's like trash and garbage and i'm like you know what chris you kind of mentioned like when we were talking about it, like that you didn't absolutely hate it like you, you there was something there was some you redemption. had some points to make sir yeah that's, that's
2: my yeah.
0: apology to giving you so much grief if
2: if i separate it from what i know as a lifelong superman fan and i just call it uh its that's own universe its you. own entity i have to I have to separate it from the characters that i know then i can sit down and watch it and enjoy it as a movie that being said if i do the exact same thing with dolph Lundgren's punisher i can enjoy that movie Oh, i, I enjoyed that movie so, of course i was eight when i watched
0: it but right. I, I did i enjoyed that movie uh, but no, no 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 my point is is you you have specific points to a character right you have specific like that i get that the, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Clots, that you're not talking about the same thing. But what I'm hearing out there is universe complaints, like the entire they've ruined the entire DC universe. That the next movie is going, to the, the Suicide Squad is going to be horrible because of this, and and they can't do any worse oh, than they've, they've ever done. I'm like, whoa! This is the it, first attempt they took at a universe, and it's actually pretty damn good. I mean, yes, there are flaws.
1: It's it's very but likely it's that Suicide Squad will be terrible, but that that has nothing to do with this movie. I mean. These those two these two movies are about as far removed from each other as you can get while sharing the same universe. And I'm not even sure that they do technically yet. I mean, unless we're shoehorning, you know what I mean? Well, supposedly well, they're in the same
2: universe because Batman. We've yeah,
1: Ben Affleck. Oh, in that. that's right. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Okay. I, well, I wasn't. I, yeah, I wasn't completely sure on whether that was their intent from the beginning or not. Hey, if there's only um,
0: a show out there that covered DC stuff that were maybe on screens, yeah, that would <laughs> that'd be helpful.
1: Um. So so here's my whole thing on it. Okay. When the Marvel movies started coming out, there was some grumblings like this. You know what I mean? There was like, oh, well, they changed this and blah, blah, blah. And it's particularly when Avengers hit and they, they changed some people's backstories and stuff. And it's like, nah, nah, you know, like the the normal nerd rage and, and whatnot. And it's like, here's the deal. Any adaptation to, to screen, whether it be small or large, there there's going to be things that hit the cutting room floor. You know, you're not going to be able, ever be able to do a direct translation. I think that this film tried really hard to set up a new continuity in this shared universe that they're trying to build up that they could really you know, kind of transition forward with, particularly in trying to change up the tone a little bit too. Like I know they said they're not going to do the Marvel thing where they're going to crack jokes all the time, but there were definitely a few one-liners which were appropriate and I definitely felt like they were building up to – see, to me, the thing about Man of Steel and the thing about BVS is that they they're really flying over some deep humanitarian issues. You know what I mean? Like they're getting to the heart of like the human condition. They're just not throwing it in your face. They're not just coming out and saying we're exploring social issues right here in front of you in a comic book movie. You know, Mm -hmm. they're not bashing you over the head with it. But if you're somebody who reads into the context of these things. You know, like one of the one of the pivotal scenes that some people have a big problem with is the Martha scene. You know, the, what yeah, did yeah, you yeah. say? And I get it. I totally get it because that scene wasn't edited in such a way that it made sense. You know what I mean? Like I was like immediately while watching it, I was like, "Sorry, that's going to be jarring to somebody. You know, somebody who doesn't really know what's going on, doesn't realize the connect there. And for me, like in that moment, like the reason, you know, Bruce can back away. From what he was about to do is because that is the moment that makes him realize that this this alien that he's painted a certain way in his mind is actually a person. You know what I mean? And I think that's a really important humanitarian issue that nobody gets like nobody I talk to gets that nobody else has ever expressed that opinion to me. And I'm like, one of the things about Superman, maybe more than anything else about the character is that, yes, he's an alien, But he's also a human. He's a human in his heart and mind because he was raised by a good human people. You know,
2: but but that's and for me, that's the problem, because in these movies, the Kents are not good human people. They are very very, hide from people, hide what you can do, let children on a bus die, because it uh, is very likely that the government will come and take and experiment upon you. Take a half
0: of Xanax, (laughs) let it kick it. It's okay. It's okay. Let the man speak, Charles. We'll (laughs) we'll go in circles again, and it's it's fine. And not because of us, honestly, but in other shows. I've actually started skipping podcast episodes, because I'm honestly tired of... Hearing about BVS. It's just still so much, so much rage well, that's and hurt.
1: Because we slotted the next 20 minutes of talking yeah.
0: about it. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I don't follow those times I just throw in the headline. Uh, but I, I I wanted to be I'm that kid, man. I am maybe I'll always be that fill of the casual because I don't want to get locked into this way it has to be. I want to go in and I want to enjoy a movie. And I enjoyed BVS. It's not as not as much as Deadpool. Okay, Deadpool was a, the roller coaster ride that it should have been, and mm-hmm. it's different. It's different movies. You can't compare the two, really. But,
2: but that's that. That gets right to the root of it. Why did you enjoy it? What What did What is it exactly that Fox Studio did? What is it they nailed? Pitch perfect. That unlike any of the comic book movies have, that have come out so far, they nailed the yeah. character. They were yeah. true to the yes. character. They were true to the source material. Marvel takes liberties. DC says. Screwed well, you source fair material
0: enough, we've said but source material is conflicting but it's like the bible in well, <laughs> the that, dc that, universe I
1: think, I think that's ultimately maybe the biggest problem with dc right now is whose continuity are we talking about? right but, because no, but, we've but we've rebooted the setting where which reboot are we on right now chris
2: well we're on the the, the largest <laughs> hard reboot in the last 30 years because you can have soft reboots but none of them have ever gotten away from the core principles of these characters like this like this movie universe. I think every has. 10 years there's a decent reboot. but it doesn't it. go as far to it doesn't go as far to the left or right of these characters and their core principles as this movie. Uh, as I'm in, sorry didn't we cover
0: so the joyous. 10 things you never wanted to hear from in the new 52 a couple of weeks ago? <laughs> right,
2: and that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Is that that the new Fifty Two is the, the the largest horror reboot in the last thirty years? That's okay. Right. okay, okay. I
0: thought you were kind of referring back to the movie here. So no, 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 no. I got you. All right. So you know, here's the thing. It'll it'll never be settled. Eventually, time will heal all wounds. But I, I wanted to say I, mean, I am excited about Will and Dafoe. I mean, eventually,
1: eventually, Chris will be like on his deathbed,
2: and I'll sneak in and start <laughs> <Martha>. playing DVS. <GBS. laughs> no, on you're gonna loop. you're
0: gonna get in his ear. Go, Martha
2: and <laughs> I saw the headline, honestly, I thought he was gonna be Luther Sr.
0: Oh, that'd be that would be good. It's not necessarily but, a villain uh, and not necessarily a good guy, not necessarily a hero.
2: As far as as far as time healing all wounds, and the caveat I have to that is we all remember where we were the first time we saw Spider-Man. Sam Raimi Spider-Man. And everybody the box office proved it. Everybody loved it. It was good. Yeah. It was a critical and a financial success. Where are we at a few years later? Oh, that's so horrible. I can't wait to see what somebody else does with it. Yeah, Bryan Singer's I, first two attempts at X-Men. I mean, everybody like choked it down. They're like, okay, yeah, I guess we have to do biker leather because yellow spandex would be stupid. Ha ha, we laugh at his joke. And now what do we see? We see the transition into yellow blue spandex. We see these costumes well, coming out. And well, that's like, probably the oh, studio. Okay. We're flawed. We see the same thing with the original Batman movies, with, with it, Tim Burton's it, Batman movies. Put it on when? pause. Put it on
1: pause. Hold <laughs> up, hold up, because I'm going to jump in. If, we, if I let you go too much farther, my, my comments here won't have any context. The thing you have to realize about this is that these movies have gotten widespread approval at that snapshot in time. This was the big conversation that you and I had privately after we did the big BVS show was that my stance on it is I'm willing to look at these modern takes on these characters because I see it as a reflection of the world we live in now. I see the Kents being afraid of everything as being a reflection of the very real reality of our world now where people are scared of things like that. And I
2: guess –
1: sorry. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> no. Well, I was going to say is that 50, 50, 60 years ago, something like a Superman wouldn't, the first thought we wouldn't have had as society was that let's cut it apart. and Right. It. That's what I say. Yeah, when
0: right. I was going to back up your point. When it was started back in the 30s or 40s and then even through the 50s, 60s and even 70s, you're right. That was the culture. It wasn't the government's going to swoop in or the society or, or whatever negative things that would happen. I think – I think we didn't it was even changed. think
1: we didn't even think that the United States government was capable of things like that at that time. I, you know, I'm sorry, go ahead..
2: And I think this because once you start getting down to those those core arguments about the Kents, this is where I start to take things personally because <laughs> as as a as a resident of a flyover state, as a citizen of a joke state in the news, every time there's a headline about Kansas, it's a joke about what we did to socially demean. Somebody else, just as much as North Carolina and Mississippi and Arkansas, Alabama, we're in the same boat. And so now uh, what I see is I see what the United States and the world now looks at when they think of a Kansan is they think of somebody who is distrusting of their government to such a degree that when someone comes to their planet that is all powerful, it can do nothing, can can do short of everything to help the planet, they say, don't. Mm-hmm. And to me, I take that personally because I, as a Kansan, I have hope. <laughs> I still feel like I'm a good person on the inside, despite what my government does, despite what we are known for in, in the media. Sure. And mm-hmm. and that's but, not that is not what Zack Snyder just showed. But out.
0: but Chris, at, at 13, you don't necessarily let your kid go off and save the world, whether they're super kid or not. I am just I think the age, limit, the, the whole school bus thing. We we could debate that on and off, but I'm just saying it's. You know what? I hear a little bit more of what's coming from you, and it's it's. I don't think Zack Snyder was pooping on Kansas. I think he was just pooping on you. Yeah.
1: yeah. (laughs) As a as a New York native, I say screw you, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I'm kidding. No, I I get that. I totally get that. Um, what I I guess what I'm trying to say though is like when when we look. We have to realize that there's a cutoff point if we go back far enough of when movies started to get really exceptional. I mean, we just talked about Aliens earlier. I look back at the movies I grew up on that were truly exceptional action films or sci-fi films, such as Alien, Aliens, Predator, not so much Predator Two, uh, <laughs> uh, as being these really huge leap for leaps forward in our capabilities. Like those movies have, you know, ambience and insane special effects for its era. I mean, when you watch the behind the scenes and you see what these guys are putting together with like bicycle tubes and stuff, you know, I mean, like Mm -hmm. amazing stuff for its time. And nowadays, it's so easy for us to do that. I mean, a, a kid sitting in his you know college dorm can put special effects on something and make it look like a movie that came out 15 years ago, like better. You know, he he can have a YouTube channel with videos with special effects that look like they're near Hollywood quality. Um, we live in a completely different world now. And what we would have accepted in the past wouldn't fly now and vice versa. You know, you're joking about the costumes for X-Men and I'm with you. I get it. Um we live in a world now that is firmly entrenched in comic fandom, like the filthy casual reigns. Like comics have busted out; it's no mm-hmm. longer fringe; it's mainstream. It's ours now, Heffas. When I walk, when I walk through a large department store like Target or Walmart, I see Avengers and batman versus superman and stuff like that everywhere and i'm not just talking about
2: you know electronics and
1: (laughs) right exactly the boys clothing department and toys i see it everywhere there's food with their you know and they've always done that you know there's always been like the cereals and all that stuff but like it's everywhere i mean look what they did with star wars Mm -hmm. not technically a comic book per se even though it has comic books but like they were selling fruit with yoda's face on it just because you know what i mean like it's crazy. We live in a completely different world now. Fifteen years ago, when the first X Men was being done, we wouldn't have accepted the yellow and blue suit. You know the the that classic X Men look. We would have laughed at it, and everybody would have laughed it out of the theaters. You know what I mean? Um, we look back now, like look at look at the reception that ASM got. You know, Amazing Spider Man. I still think that those two movies are pretty decent. Like they're I'm, pretty yeah, good – yeah. or Spider-Man. I'm, I don't mean Superman. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure I – yeah, I'm stupid. Uh, <laughs> Spider-Man. The ASM Spider-Man movies. I think – I've said it before. I think Garfield's performance was pretty good Um, and perhaps maybe not exceptional but decent. I thought the movies were okay. There were definitely issues. I, I like McFall, didn't care for the way Electro was done. But I understood that they were trying to go for something different. Um, like
2: dubstep? Yeah.
1: Well, I, I do like dubstep to a certain degree, but I don't necessarily think that he should be playing
0: dubstep while he's fighting the Spider Man.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: <laughs> well, we're we're starting to run short on diving long on this. There's well, a lot right, of great stuff. Finish, finish, all right. All right. All right.
1: Just let Stop it go. Trying let to, go. I want to get me. to
0: Nathan Fillion, damn it. So let's go.
1: Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um,. Yeah. So, you know, before you try to derail my train of thought, I'm going to backpedal here for a little bit and try to recover it. And then you know. <laughs> basically what I'm saying is we live in a completely different world. Um, it, Much like our comic books are very different than they were 60, 70 years ago, much like our TV shows are very different than they were even 10, 15, 20 years ago. It, our expectations have to adjust with them. That being said, I agree with you, Chris, and that you can put out good content Where the heart of the characters, the heart of the original source material can still be represented. And I'll keep throwing up an example of where I felt like that was lost in a product that I absolutely love the source material. And that's The Hobbit you know i love the lord of the rings films i loved all the books i grew up on those the, those books shaped my understanding of the human condition and world building and what it means to create a world with characters that you actually care about like i'll never forget reading the hobbit or not the hobbit i'm sorry uh the first fellowship of the ring and bawling my eyes out after gandalf doesn't make it out of moria thinking that how could you you know take this awesome guy from them uh powerful stuff you know what I mean and I think they butchered the Hobbit movies and Peter Jackson's all but said that you know he's come out and said I had no idea what I was doing they brought you know I, I had to just accept the mantle last minute I didn't want to do it and now I had to do it you know what I mean so there's definitely mistakes that get made I just don't know that BVS is on that level you know what I mean but at the same time I totally legitimately see where people are coming from where they have that deep rooted fan based constructive criticism but I really have a hard time with all the people who just jump on the "I hate this" bandwagon, and, and I think that's what you were getting at, at the beginning of the conversation, McFall.
2: And yes. and I agree with that hundred percent. And that's as a network, that's what we we want to make sure that we're doing is we're we're, we're it, we want to stay positive as much as possible. And we we have criticism; they need to be constructive. But what I see what I see on the other side of the fence is sometimes I see people I, I see the other arguments that are happening in other podcasts, and I feel like they come off a little bit apologist. Because the the, one of the one of the main the main vein or the the common arguments is, well, look how much money it's made. Warner Brothers is laughing their way to the bank. They don't care about your problems. Well, money is not always money gives you the
0: opportunity to go in and do it better.
2: Yeah. And it's not a testimony to how good something is. I mean, the Twilight movies made a ton of money, (laughs) but you're going to tell me how good they are. And if and if if well, if if you look at the lore that she (laughs) and if money is the argument, then you can I I don't understand why Jurassic World took 13 days to hit a billion dollars. And what was it before that that hit a billion dollars in like within three weeks and BVS still hasn't done it. Oh, BVS has been.
0: No, that's Deadpool. Never mind
2: yeah so tell me again how good that movie is if we're using box, oh, well, box office as the only metric yeah well that's, as that's, the most that's
0: good so, enough to get the job done so we can no, build no, no, something that, that's better that's a good
2: point jurassic world is an
1: excellent point people were like Fast gushing over that movie sorry uh, yep. jurassic world people were gushing about that movie i went i saw it, i had a good time i loved all the nostalgia it was it was decent. That wasn't a great movie. I huh. like Chris Pratt a lot. I wish him all the success in the world. I want him to be a superstar forever. You superstar. know, I really enjoy. I really enjoy him. That movie was not that great. Yep. That was a shadow of. of he, I yep. I would go so far as to say that the Lost World was a better movie, Oof. and that Ooh. had some
0: serious. Flaws. I disagree, <laughs> but that's for a whole. Lot of I episodes. I think
1: they literally took Jurassic World. They they period parodied the parody. Okay, they're like, oh, we're gonna. How talk do we
0: get how... way over to Jurassic World just now? Stop, hey. stop, stop <laughs> we got this other shit to cover.
1: This is good. <laughs> this is this is uh. good conversation. We're off the rails this week, guys. This, this we're getting in deep. Here's the thing, Jurassic World. They were parodying the concept of the fact that you you can't just turn anything into a theme park, and then this movie is taking that concept and turning it into another flipping theme park. <laughs> That is a movie that plays around in its source material, but never gives proper homage to it. It is rough. I mean, there are definitely—I like, had to separate myself. That was a movie where, like everybody else, was like you know clapping vigorously, and I
0: was like, uh, I liked it a lot. Well, yeah, because you're you know simple. That, <laughs> you know what? Simple can be happy. You're complex and Chris, oh, you're complex okay. and you're both crying in your Wheaties. And totally I like to
1: I totally envy how you can go through life and just be content the way you are. I am happy, man. I am yeah, happy. Yeah, no, that's a good
0: thing. That's all a beautiful we, thing. Except with the fact that y'all keep that going rabbit, on this.
2: Gets too hard and it dies. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I'll be John Malkovich. It's okay. <laughs> All right, so look, there's plenty to say here. You got something to say. Email us, btp at com. That's breaking the panel. B as in boy, T as in Tom, P as in Paul. We could have picked better letters that didn't sound like each other, but btp (laughs) at giantsizeteamup.com. Size Size with no D on it, com. I send myself an email there every once in a while just to remind myself it works and nobody's actually writing in, but you could, you should, and you – you will now because I made you feel bad. But Robert Downey Jr., we know that essentially Iron Man's done, right? His contract is up for the independent movies, and he's going to be doing – I think he's going to be taking a break for a while. We know he's going to be in a homecoming a little bit, and we know then he'll probably take a break until uh, uh, Infinity War Part 1 comes out, right? That's, yep. that's the thing. But here's something that the man himself has said that he's maybe not ready – to hang up the the Iron 90s, if you will. And a Nightline, a special feature on ABC News, because why would it be on any other network since Disney owns them? The cast, you know, honestly, a little side note, that's been a little heavy-handed, right, this past week. It's like Avengers Week on ABC, mm. because Disney's like, we own you, just do it. <laughs> it's like, organic, man. There's this word called organic. I've learned like how Disney. to... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. One of uh, so anyway, uh, so but Robert Downey Jr. Was there to talk about his uh, role in the cinematic Marvel universe and sp- including Spider-Man Homecoming, which is the official title currently. And then in two parts, Infinity Wars. And he's, then he says, as he is wont to do, I feel like I could do one more. He said of another solo Iron Man film. Do you guys think that the studio will do that? I don't either. What about you, Chris?
2: I'm. I think depending on what kind of money we see roll out of uh, Civil War, it's going to be hard for them to say no. It, I, mean, I mean, he is he's, a he
0: is a known money maker in the box office, both the character and the actor.
1: But the thing is, okay, Iron Man three took a lot of flack, right? Yep. Um, I think it's a fine movie. I actually think it. I like it a lot better than I like the second film. Um. The first one was since it really set the pace for everything that came since then. Uh, you know, there, there could be some criticism levied at it, but I, I think honestly it was a really great film, especially for its era. Mm-hmm. Uh, second film was kind of weak, third film, I think, was really strong coming off Avengers. I don't think that they could pull that off again. I think it would feel really forced and it'd be really difficult, but I definitely think that they could ramp up his role in some of the other movies um depending on what they you know what direction they decide to go with things i just don't know that he could carry a film by himself at this point in the storyline i think we've reached the point where it's like okay we know iron man and cap are the core of this world but now we need to kind of move on and explore these other characters and give them some time in the sun um, right right that's the big thing for me is i th- I think it would be well, it would be kind of like all the flack that they got for the avengers where like he made oh, what ex- if
0: what what if what if they did a, a Netflix special series with him? <laughs> That'd be cool. The, Apparently, I'm the only one excited about this. Screw you! you I see,
1: well, you no, because I, I don't get me wrong. Filthy I love experts. Him, I love him, Stark. I love Iron Man showing up and stuff. But like, I don't think he can be the focus of something like that anymore. I think we need to move on. I think there's too many interesting stories to be told in this world are, with all plenty, these other yeah. characters. To keep trying to force, you know, cram Iron Man down the throat, and at the same time, I think we're getting to the point where a lot of the characters in the universe are getting with Stark, where we're like kind of tired of his shtick too, as good as it is. You know, you can't have too much of a good thing.
2: Unless there was some sort, unless it was some sort of transition storyline, like in the comics, where he becomes, you know, you put him at the head of uh, Shield for a while or something, or some transition form, and you're you're using that movie as a vehicle to put somebody else in the suit. You know what?
1: You know what movie I would get behind
0: is Illuminati.
2: Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Yep. okay they can't do the,
0: that properly though
1: well they can they can do their version of it well I mean, yeah their version i mean yeah
0: it'd be good you, but it wouldn't be you want to talk
1: a couple years down the road where we do the buddy cop movie with uh <laughs> iron man and dr strange <laughs>
0: um it, where we both, both by the way who y- yeah <laughs> that's what i was gonna say both sherlocks <laughs> yeah yeah
1: that could be exceptional um but i mean but, yeah go ahead Chris. oh sorry
2: I think I think payroll is going to start being a big issue. Like we saw the flack in Avengers, the the yeah. payroll disparity between RD, RD art, yeah, yes, RDJ Robert and everybody else, Robbie. and um and even in Civil War, I think it's reported like forty million dollars for whatever he's bringing to Civil War. I mean, you 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 expect a mint to be made because you had to pay a mint to get a dude in the film. Yeah, um, and yeah. but they they
0: they will. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. I, I can't remember in the last two decades a film that flopped that he was in. I mean, yeah, he's a pull no matter what, and then it turns out to be good. I mean, well, now he is, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was in was the a- early career he was good, but he wasn't the pull Dude, that he is now. Them
1: casting him as Stark in the first place was a real big risk, yeah, and it's paid off. I mean, definitely.
0: And he, I why do you really- think it was a risk? I didn't, I thought. Well, it was a risk a for the studio
2: because they couldn't get him insured for the longest time because of his drug and alcohol problems. But that's I, – I think ultimately you, you bring a, an Iron Man comic book from the 80s and you'd be like, this is why yeah. Robert yeah. Downey Jr. needs to play this man. Yeah, But I just – I I bet you – Civil War makes a billion dollars within three weeks. Oh <laughs> my! I'm, I'm not, not, not to dig at anybody. Those are fighting
0: Chris, words, Chris. Sir. Look, all right, Almost sir. Almost
1: like the words between Batman and Superman <laughs> in that Warner Brothers movie film.
0: <laughs> look, Superman is fictional, and if he was real, he didn't. Have, he sure as hell didn't land in Kansas. He landed at Roswell. So suck <laughs> it, man. Get over it. It's okay. <laughs> All right, we don't right. have
1: much time left
0: today, so we're going to move on. No, oh, no, we are. Okay. Oh, I'm Thank trying you. to
1: pull a McFall here. Yeah, you
0: know, all right. Like. Do it. That's fine. The Apocalypse trailer, you guys have seen it. Not a whole lot new. It's still just as interesting. Two new things I noticed, but I want to know just what popped out to you guys. Chris, what, what popped out in the trailer to you?
2: Uh, three claws at the end. Well, okay. That that was quite literal, but yes. Well, you asked I can't discuss what popped out for me.
0: <laughs> now, is it me or are they, I, that whole scene with Xavier, which they've shown in multiple, uh, previews where he's facing off apocalypse, which I'm presuming is a psychic or a dream attack or it yeah. felt that way, but he slams him against the, the, pillar of the building the the arch uh, the doorway right in the middle of the back and then you see him crawling and you know he's gonna be in a wheelchair later why why did they they take that why did they put that movie in the trailer why why did they not keep that moment for us in the audience oh i don't know
2: i don't know do y'all care i mean honestly do you care not not really we no, haven't okay. seen how he lost his hair we all know we all knew that xavier was gonna end up in a wheelchair at some well point. he gets sent to, to prison me,
0: because not- you know he turned on superman and made this <laughs> big, big monster
2: <laughs> i don't i don't feel like that was uh, a pivotal moment that was ruined at all i didn't think oh. it was pivotal i just thought it was it's, it's in my
0: limited experience is rarely handled in the comics i mean we always argue back and forth about origin stories and reboots and this and that. But the, of the moment of how Xavier ended up in the chair, I haven't seen very often. So the, this is the first time they've actually dealt with it more or less in the movie. They, now they, they said in, in first class, essentially Eric deflected the bullet or shot him or whatever. And mm-hmm. remember the ended that movie with, I can't feel my legs. So I don't know if it's just a dream thing or if it's, if, if it's, I don't know. I really don't know. It's a confusing moment. Let's go to a good one. They are totally taking the old school comic book route in the fact that uh, Mar- uh, Magneto is Quicksilver's dad in this case. Yep. Which I thought that, that line jumped out at me. He goes, oh, yeah, Magneto's my father. And he goes, like, what? Well, you know, like, Magneto met my mom. It's like, I know how babies are made. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what do you guys? We actually had a question about that in trivia last night. He's like, according to Marvel Comics, what supervillain is the father of Quicksilver? And I actually got in a discussion with some other comic book geeks. They're arguing. It's like, I know, I know, but this is trivia, not comic book discussion time. So,
2: well, but when uh, it says based on Marvel Comics,
0: <laughs> I <laughs> just, know. So. I, that's, that's all I can tell. Is like, I am with you. We could talk about this all day long, Based but the on generic overview,
2: 2015, right? <laughs> <laughs> no more mutants. I know. <laughs> Ever so,
0: so, Klotz, What jumped out for you? Uh, say
2: yellow trench coat. Say yellow trench coat. Say yellow trench coat.
0: I didn't see yellow j- trench
1: coat.
2: Woo! Jubilee, baby.
1: Did you? I didn't you see, see a yellow trench coat. Yep. Uh, dude. Okay. This is like, this is my era of X-Men that we're starting to get into. I know this is in the eighties, but nineties X-Men is my thing. Right. Right. Um, so we're getting real close to me getting super excited. Um, so this movie, like, I just hope it's not bad. Um, but every time I watch a trailer, I I get a little bit like, you know, what really pops out to me is, uh, um, how I'm drawing a blank on his name, Oscar Isaac, his -hmm. performance. Like the the vocal work he's done for Apocalypse, like the tone and everything. Every time I hear him talking, I'm like, he's really kicking ass there. And I don't think people are going to notice that. Like he's doing a really good job of having like some real clout there. Uh, So I'm tremendously excited to see how this movie turns out. Hopefully it's not a steaming pile
2: since the mid 90s. I have had one voice in my head when I read comic books and I read Apocalypse talking one voice and now Isaac Oscar Isaacs is really starting to make me hear a second voice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of okay with it.
0: So Chris hears voices in his head yes, I do. and he <laughs> has tanks at his beck and call. This is a little <laughs> dangerous. All right. Do you have time for one more cloth? So we got to drop. Yeah. You? yeah, All yeah. Right. We can do so one more. Here. Very last thing. Uh, well, right after the break, we're going to take a quick break for our ad for our sponsor. And we'll be right back uh, with this one last headline and then we'll get out of here. Okay. So, Last headline is this has got me so excited. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan. Now, spoiler alert here. Okay, spoiler alert. But Nathan Fillion is going to be in the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Man, I've really loved his work all the way, of course, previous to Firefly, but then through Firefly. I hate horror movies, and I even bought the movie Slither because his role in it was just so (laughs) damn entertaining to me. But he is in it. Now, here's some spoilers. If you worry about it, if you're not that, I mean, I don't know any huge Guardians fans that would be upset. About hey, this. hey, hey,
1: are there spoilers?
0: i <laughs> <laughs> just saying. So in the Marvel Comics universe, Simon Williams is a former member of the Masters of Evil, a brother of villain, the Grim Reaper, who reformed and joined the Avengers. Williams eventually retired from the Avengers to pursue his acting career, which actually sounds like villain. Uh, he later dragged back, was dragged back into the Avengers active roster despite becoming a pacifist as a member of the Avengers unity division. That just sounds weird. He paid the ultimate price while defending the earth from apocalypse twins. Uh, so a photos, photo, photo la, 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 let's try it again. A photo surfaced online it recently showed Fillion's face on several mock movie posters surrounding a theater in Cartersville, Georgia. That's where they're filming, uh, The Guardian's right now. The theater marquee reveals the theater is hosting a Simon Williams movie festival. The posters range in tone from romantic comedy "Oh Rebecca to a Conan-esque poster (laughs) for a movie about a Conan-esque Marvel Comics character Archon and a Steve Jobs style poster for a biopic about Tony Stark, all starring Williams.
2: (laughs) Uh, That's that's Conan? Because when you say Conan... People yeah, think O'Brien. Dude, I, I've i always grown up saying Conan biopic? the
0: Barbarian, not Conan. <laughs> I don't say P-K-N either, even though yeah. I grew up in the South. I say yeah, pecan. Yeah,
1: yeah. well, uh, it's also not biopic. Okay, it's biopic. <laughs> biopic.
0: Biopic. I'm also a medical professional. When you get hurt, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that sucks because it's a biopic and I can't help you. <laughs> say it. <laughs> yeah you know i do get my worlds mixed up i'll take that <laughs> <You're an asshole. laughs> so uh, so it's it's that's it's got me excited that we get this this character that would not be in its own film obviously and not at first and and we get we get nathan fillion even even if it's universe. mostly just an
2: easter egg this will be super cool yeah. yeah yeah and i i think that's all it is and i'm I'm yeah absolutely cool because it. it just like his appearance in in the first guardians movie it was just an easter egg because they're friends and we're gonna throw nathan fillion in it yeah yeah I, I, it's yeah
0: that's gonna be that's gonna be i hope it's more than an easter egg i hope he actually makes an appearance but it's still really cool so cool. All right, so that's going to be it for today. We've left some headlines on the table. If you got news you'd like us to discuss, go ahead and hit us up at btp at giantsizeteamup dot com. What is giantsizeteamup dot com? It's where all the great comic book podcasts live. Go over to giantsizeteamup dot com and find all the great goodness that we have there. If you'd like to support the show, patreon dot com forward slash breaking the panel. We would love your support. It's going to help us move the show forward and do a lot of great, awesome stuff for you guys. Like, how awesome would it be to get Nathan Fillion to talk about what he's doing in the movie? You know, how awesome yes. would it be to get Spider-Man just to come sit in my basement and I can I, just take pictures? I don't
1: pictures. know if it'd be a very entertaining show
0: just to hear three grown men squee the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't know till we try. So go to patreon.com for slash size the panel. Give us your support, your love, and we will... We will just do our best to keep our squeeze to ourselves. So until next time, Marvel doesn't do reboots, only DC. Not true. <laughs>
1: breaking the Panel is the flagship podcast on the Giant Size Team-Up Network. You can support the show at patreon.com slash breaking the panel, and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at giantsizeteamup.com.